Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. The title of my message is that the God of Peace. And, uh, and, and I'm just recognizing that when, whenever we're in storms, we need to be able to find the God of Peace. And the natural storms, supernatural storms, the storms of life. But uh, I remember living in Darwin as a young bloke and um, 14 years of age and we had a cyclone bearing down on us. And I remember being evacuated. You know, just like some of the folk in our church were evacuated from the fires this week, we were evacuated from our house because there was a strong chance that our house wouldn't exist the next day. <laughs> um, we lived in a house on... Funny enough, Amsterdam Circuit, which was, you know, the Dutch heritage. We all thought that was pretty cool, Dutch family living on Amsterdam Circuit, you know. But I remember seeing pictures of Cyclone Tracy back in 1974, 75, where our street, every house in our street had been flattened. Like literally all it was was just wreckage everywhere except for one house, and that was the house that we now lived in, right, 1979, 1980. We were living in that house. It was the one that survived, Cyclone Tracy. And, uh, and then here's Cyclone Max coming along, and we were thinking to ourselves, I wonder if that house is going to survive this one. So we, were all, we went across to the high school, the high school where I went, and uh, we all bunked up in the, in the corridors, the safest place. We've got the classrooms right in the middle of the place, and we're thinking, okay, if, if this is going to be a big storm, we could lose everything. And So we all bunkered down. And the storm came, and you could see outside, you're looking, you know, down the end of the corridor, you could see in the background, you know, and tin flying everywhere and everything. And then it got all calm, and I was thinking, oh, beauty, you know. I was busting to go to the toilet anyway. So I toddled outside, not toddled, I mean, a 14-year-old, I ran outside, check it out. I was like, this is cool, you know. And it's like, there's debris everywhere, and... And so I ran across the, the, the open passageway, went to the bathroom, came out, and I sort of thought I'd check it out, and I hear this voice, Paul, get back in here! What do you mean it's calm? Everything had quietened down, see, but if you know anything about cyclones, they're like a big donut, right? So the first part of the storm passes, and then the middle is completely calm because everything's going around the centre, and then the second part comes through, right? And I'm wandering around outside, checking everything out as a 14-year-old, thinking it's all calm and peaceful and then everything's finished, and then get back in here. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. My mum, whenever she says, Paul John, Paul John, <laughs> then I know I'm in trouble. Get back in here. So I come back inside, and sure enough, within a few minutes, <laughs> it's all on again. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. And, but here's the thing, right? Afterwards, it sort of dawned on me that right in the middle of that storm, if you followed that storm and just stayed right in the middle, you'd be safe. You just follow the storm, go wherever the storm goes, but you just, if, if you were just in the middle the whole way, nothing would touch you. You just had to stay in the middle. And it occurred to me that when the storms of life come, there's a place that we can find ourselves if we're tuned in to where God's at. See, it's where God is. If God is 
at the center of everything that we do, then there's going to be peace right at the center. No matter what's going on around us, we can still find peace when the storm is going on around us. And uh, it drew my attention as I was thinking about this week with the evacuations and so on. I was reminded of our evacuations. Then I was reminded of the storm that Jesus and his disciples got themselves caught up in. You remember that one out on the lake? I think it's Matthew, Mark and Luke all record the story. And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25. And it says, uh, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat, that's Jesus, with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And as they launched out, um, and as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep. So picture this. They're going to go across the lake. must have been a big lake, right? Um, Because if you're out in a little lake and the wind gets up, you can just sort of like get across the other side pretty quick. So I imagine it's a big... I haven't actually looked on the map to see how big the lake is, but I imagine it's a fairly big one. We've got a really big lake here. Um, And if you had to row across that lake, it could take you a bit, you know? They didn't have, you know, 60 horsepower motors back then to, you know, scoot across the water. Um, it was rowing or sailing, you know. So you, so I imagine they're setting out to go across the other side of the lake and it's a big long lake. They get across. Jesus falls asleep, but while he's asleep, this massive big storm brews up. Now, here's the thing, right? We've got seasoned fishermen, Peter, James and John, part of his disciple crew, um, they kind of knew the lake. They knew fishing, they knew boats, they knew everything that um, was going on. And if they, okay, let's put yourself in a position. You're with the disciples out on the lake and seasoned fishermen are going, ah! <laughs> they're, they're getting a bit scared. And then the next thing, these seasoned fishermen awaken Jesus. Oh, we're going to die, Jesus. We're going to die. I'd be panicking if they were panicking. Like if they're like, ah, it's all good. We'll get across. No worries. Mate, don't worry about it, you know. You ever been in a situation where you're out with somebody and um, you're starting to panic, but they're all calm? Ah, don't worry about it. I remember when I first drove, I had, I had just got my truck license, right? And I hadn't had much experience driving trucks. And a mate of mine, lives next door, was a seasoned truck driver. Right? So here's me. I've just learned how to use the brakes on these things. And it's big. It's much different. I've been driving cars since at this stage for 10, 15 years. And I'm in the truck with him and he's driving. He says, come on, I'll take you for a ride somewhere. Right? And he's got this 12-ton truck in Melbourne and he's going through the streets and he's driving it like a car. We pull up at these lights and I'm, I'm seriously thinking he's going to go straight through the thing. And I'm like, with my foot, you know, and I'm panicking. And he's like, nah, it's all good. I don't know whether he was trying to impress me or scare me or whatever it was. But now, of course, that I've been driving buses and trucks for 20 years, 
Um, I kind of know what he was on about. He was just driving normal. <laughs> For me, it was abnormal. It was scary. You ever been in a situation where you're a bit scared? Well, imagine if he got scared in a truck, all right? Imagine now, having been a bus driver for 20 years, if I got scared in a bus, oh, you'd be worried. Uh-oh. Because I've had drivers, I've had passengers come up to me and say, oh, you drive like, like you're driving a speedway car. <laughs> and I'm like... But I don't know that was a compliment. <laughs> but I'm taking it, you know, because I, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, I've got skills, right? But you see, here we are out in the middle of the lake and even the disciples are all panicking and they go to Jesus, Jesus, help us out. Well, Jesus gets up, calms the storm and then turns to the disciples and says, where's your faith? Now, here's the thing. They both, when I say both, I mean Jesus and all the disciples experienced exactly the same storm. It was the same storm. It was the same conditions. Everything was exactly the same except the reaction. You got Jesus who's like, yeah, it's all good, boys. Don't worry. I'm going to have a snooze, you know, and he's having a... Uh, yeah, he's kind of relaxed, isn't he? You know, he's at peace. Can you imagine being totally at peace in the midst of a storm? Hmm, could fall asleep right now, couldn't they? But the disciples, they're all panicking. Exactly the same storm, exactly the same conditions. What was the difference? Jesus was at peace before the storm came. He had peace already residing in his heart so that when the storm came, it didn't impact him like it did with the boys. And as I look at that, I realize that that's what we need too. When I look at all of our stuff, and let's face it, we, we have storms in our life. Sickness is a storm. How many people know? You know, if your body's falling apart, if sicknesses come into your life, you, you know, Jeff, you know what it's about, don't you, mate? You know, it's a storm because everything you used to be able to do, you can't do anymore. And it's a frustration because you've got to learn to live with that, hanging out for a possible solution. It's like you're in the middle of the ocean in a boat that's being tossed around and you're helpless. You can't, literally can't do anything about it. I mean, it's not like you can jump overboard to get safe, <laughs> you know. I want to get away. You can't get away. You're stuck. And sometimes in our situations we feel stuck. People have things like depression. You know, that, that, that's like a storm. You know, and, it, and it, it's sort of like it, it's a cloud that descends on a person's mind circumstances. Everything looks different. Everything looks cloudy. And you can have a person who's depressed and a person who's not depressed all experiencing exactly the same circumstances and the one who's depressed cannot see what you see. You can try and tell them all about how awesome life is and 
all the opportunities and all the good stuff that's going on, and they can't see it because there's something that's, that's clouding their ability to see, and it's hard, and it's like a storm. Poverty is a storm. You know, some people seem to have fallen on their feet and they, it's like they've got a silver spoon in their mouth and they've got everything going for them. Maybe mum and dad were rich. Maybe they got trained really well when they were young and they, you know, bought their first house when they were 12 or something ridiculous, you know. Seriously, I've got... I'm, one of my cousins had bought his pl- first place when he was like 15 or 16. He bought a block of land as an investment. You know, just as soon as, after, soon as he got his first job, he saved up enough of a deposit so he could, you know, go and buy himself a block of land. And he started investing. Now he's a multimillionaire. He owns property. He owns a um, uh, a resort at Lakes Entrance in Victoria, like a holiday resort. Now, a lot of things took place in order to get there, but he was diligent and went after it. Now, now people who have got that, my brother. You know, worked real hard and got somewhere and did all that he needed to do. And now he's able, you know, at the moment he's, you know, even though his house has been battered by hailstones up on the Sunshine Coast, he's in America visiting Yosemite um, National Park, you know, and sending off pictures and, you know, just really enjoying life. You know, he's my age, a couple of years younger, and just really enjoying life. So you got people like that, but then you got others who are just in the middle of a financial storm and continual storm. And it's like you can have people who are brought up in the same family, same circumstances, same influences growing up. One grows up to make choices that lead to something amazing, and another person ends up continually in storms. And sometimes it's not even our fault. It's not our, we didn't necessarily bring it upon ourselves. You know, you can have a broken heart. That's a storm. Relationships that fall apart. And you go, wow, what did I do wrong? And maybe you didn't do anything wrong. You know, maybe something else happened. Things like rejection and shame and anger, hatred, betrayal, those things, they're not from God, but they can be storms that we experience in this life, yeah? And when we're in the midst of a storm, what do we need? We need God. What does God bring? He brings peace. God brings peace. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter? A comforter. Jesus said, I've got to go. This is what he's telling his disciples. I've got to go, guys. I can't stay. I'm in a mortal body here. It's not going to last forever anyway. This is kind of what he's more or less saying. I can't stay. I have to go. But when I go, I'm going to send my spirit who is the comforter. The comforter will come. The comforter will lead you into all truth and guide you and protect you and show you my way, empower you. But isn't it interesting that that the Holy Spirit was called a comforter, one who brings peace in the midst of a storm? Isn't that amazing? The comforter will come. I find that fascinating. Because a lot of the time, particularly men, for instance, we, 
although we need comfort, <laughs> a lot of blokes get, particularly people my age, maybe a generation or two back, didn't really get any comfort, or at least we weren't told we were allowed to have comfort. <laughs> man up. And even now, you know, man up. Chin up. Come on. Get on with it. And sometimes even ladies, young ladies, you know, told, taught, come on, not man up, but <laughs> woman up. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, come on. But it's, it, it, it's true. It's like, you know, you get taught, suck it up. Suck it up, princess. Get on with the job. Yeah, that, and, and isn't that a throwaway line? Oh, somewhere in Africa they're dying right now. Eat your gravy, you know. Eat your eat your veggies, you know. There's people starving in another part of the world. There's people who do it tougher, than, and, and that's the, the likely story, isn't it? And you just suck it up. There's no comfort for you right now, you know. My parents went lived through the Second World War. Well, they're not going to put up with any rubbish from a snotty-nosed 12-year-old, they're going to tell him to suck it up. Get on with the job. Get out there and get yourself a job. But I'm only 12. Who cares? <laughs> I had to work when I was 11. No. <laughs> you know, and so at 13 years of age, I'm running a newspaper business. <laughs> at 17, I'm working for a, for a newspaper, writing articles. and I'd already worked on, the, on, um, on a cattle station out in the middle of nowhere and you know, and I look at kids 17 these days, and it's a different story. It's a different world we live in now, but it doesn't diminish the fact that there's storms today either. Because a lot of the storms today just look different. So what do we need in the middle of a storm? We need peace. We need God. We need God in the middle of whatever it is that we're going through. The enemy is going to come at us with storms. Why? Because he knows that if we can hit us with a storm, he can get us all turned upside down, but not in a good way, in a bad way. He can get our perspective the wrong way around. And God wants to keep setting us up the right way. Anyone ever been to a hospital emergency ward where you're the one who needs help? You ever had that situation where you walk in through that and in that moment you're hoping that all the attention is going to be on you because you're in an emergency situation, you know? You've ever had one of those, you know, maybe it's in the middle of the night. I eventually, the last place we lived, I found a hospital that was small enough that the emergency ward wasn't always full. And I was like, that was the one I was going to go to. No matter what happened, if I was in trouble, I was going to go to that hospital because they're a good hospital. Because the moment you walked in, the nurses were kind of like angels, you know. Oh, come, come on, you know. And they sit you down. Let's get you into this room right now. Come on and we'll sit you down in the chair. And you sort of think, and you're going, oh, and you've got a lot of pain and everything. And they say, what's wrong with you now? And they're so calm and their voice is nice. And, and, and let's take your temperature. Let's get everything sorted out. And you haven't seen a doctor yet, 
but you've got all this milling around and you're feeling kind of reasonable, you know, you're like something's happening. So you go to hospital and you get all the fuss, but then you see you're waiting because then you're waiting for the doctor. You walk and then this person walks in, male, female, it doesn't matter as long as they've got the white trench coat on. That's all you, with a stethoscope thing hanging around their neck, that's all you're looking for. They walk in and you're hoping they have a nice bedside manner. You ever get those doctors which have a really bad bedside? What's wrong with you? You know, you look like you're dying. You know? <laughs> it's like, and they have a look at your chart and they go, yeah, no, take him to the morgue already, it's done. You know, it's like, you don't want those doctors. What you want is someone who just comes in and brings peace, you know. What have you done to yourself, you know, in a nice bedside manner? You're looking for one of those. You're looking for, like, comforter. I tell you what, if you get into a, into a hospital where, the, you know, all the angels are milling around, you know, the, the nurses, and then the doctor walks in and puts his hand on your shoulder, it's okay, you're going to be fine. You're not going to die. I had a moment while I was driving a truck one time and I had heart palpitations and tingling all down my left arm and I rang my boss on the two-way and I said, look, I've got heart palpitations my left arm's tingling. Get yourself to emergency. All right, so I parked the truck. He said, don't worry about it, just park the truck outside. We'll send someone to pick it up. I parked the truck outside, went inside. They did all the tests. It was just stress. You know what? When you think you're going to die, when they say it's just stress, you like doctor comes in, it's okay. Everything's good. You're just a bit stressed out. You need a rest. How about you take some time off work? Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to live, you know. But that's what you need. See, here's the thing, right? We're in a storm. No matter what it is that's, that your storm is, no matter what experience you're going through, what you need is the comforter. What you need, you're looking, for, you're looking for Jesus to walk in in a white trench coat with a stethoscope around his neck and he's going to come in and say, hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Peace, be still. We need Jesus. And we need the angels milling around going, come on, it's okay. Let me take your temperature, make sure everything's okay, you know. And I believe that God actually has designed the spiritual realm around us with that purpose in mind to bring us to the pace of peace. But how, does, how do we engage? We recognize and, and there's some scriptures that will help us to, you know, if we, if we look at scripture, we know we can't avoid trouble in this life. You know that, don't we? Everybody knows that, yeah? Um, 1 Peter 5.10 says, But may the God of all grace who called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, and strengthen, and settle you. After you've suffered a while, bring you to a place where you're settled, you're calm now. You've, you've suffered, but now you're calm. May the God who is in everything bring you to a place where you're calm, where you're settled. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. I mean, I mean, Peter gets it. These guys, you know the storms that they had to put up with? Persecution like we've never experienced in our Western culture. I mean, beheadings and... People being tortured and thrown to the lions and sawn in two in public places. Do you renounce Christianity? Do you no, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Right, let's cut you in half in the middle, you know, while you're still alive. 
That's the kind of stuff that they had to deal with. It's like what we heard a few years ago when, when ISIS was running through Iraq doing all sorts of horrible things to Christians. And that's just, it's like what we hear about is happening to the, to the church in China right now or in other parts of the world. And this is the kind of stuff that Peter had seen firsthand. He says, well, after you've suffered for a while... May God, through it all, bring you to a place where you're settled. Settled in your heart, settled in your si- inside. What's he saying? He says, I want you to come to a place of peace. I want you to know that Dr. Jesus is in the house. He's, he knows your circumstances. He knows what you're going through. He knows the storm that you're in. He said we're going to the other side. How do we get to the place where we can trust him to go, yep, you got this. John 14, this is the old version, John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. The Comforter will come, that's great, but he's going to bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus has said. What has Jesus said? He said, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. All the things that Jesus has said, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to remembrance. You might say, well, I need comfort. I don't need remembrance. I need peace, not a reminder. But see, the thing is, peace comes from knowing who you are, knowing who's got you. See, you you do need a reminder because we forget. Because in the midst of the storm, all we can see is the storm. But what we really need is a reminder. Who's got us? How big's our God? And when we get that reminder, then our heart starts to settle. Oh, yeah, that's right. What we need is Dr. Jesus saying, it's okay. It's going to be okay. That's what we need. So how do we get to that place? Well, for me, I can tell you what it's like for me. Whenever I get into a place and I've had many moments in my journey where I've been so caught up in the storm, all I can see is what's going on around. Everything's out of control. But then I hear a still small voice that says, stop. Stop and worship me. Stop and acknowledge me. Stop and focus on me. Stop looking at the storm. Stop looking at the circumstances. Stop looking at the bills on the fridge. Stop listening to the voice of the accuser going over and over and over and over in your mind. Stop looking at what's wrong with your life. Focus on me and let me bring peace. And I find that when I stop, that's when God does something. What's he going to do? When you stop, what does he do? He comes close. He draws near. If you're running around chasing a storm, he's he's just waiting. Stop. You stop. What's he going to do? Dr. Jesus comes. Hey, are you okay? You've got to go to the waiting room, don't you? You let the angels do their thing. You've got to get, let Jesus do his thing. You've got to let the comforter come. A lot of the time we're, we're, we're wanting Jesus to do something. Like we're looking for Jesus to 
take us somewhere. We're praying all these prayers. God, will you do this? Will you do that? Will you do this? Will you do that? And he's not doing it. We're wondering why. But his green light is often waiting on our red light. Our go doesn't come before our stop. We've got to stop. We've got to see the red light and go, whoop, stop. Wait on the Lord. Doesn't it say in um, Isaiah, you know, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and rise up on wings like eagles. You can't wait on the Lord without stopping. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're thinking. How often does the storm that we're experiencing, it's all about what we're seeing. When the disciples saw that storm from that boat, their experience told them that this was dangerous. Their experience told them that they were going to die. They'd probably heard stories of wild storms out in the middle of that lake. That when you get into one of those, you're in trouble. Right? But Jesus... He went out onto that lake with a determination to get to the other side. And he had a peace in his heart that was so secure that in the midst of all the circumstances which dictated in the natural realm that they were about to die, Jesus didn't see it that way. He just said, no, my time's not up yet, so I ain't going to die. Why? Because he knew his father. He knew who's got him. And he also knew the authority that he had to confront a storm. You know that we can't, we have authority to confront the storm that's in our life. We have authority in Christ Jesus, just like Jesus had, to stand up in the middle of our storm and declare, no, stop, peace, be still. And a lot of the time, the storm is a spiritual storm that's going on around us. And we might not necessarily always be able to stop the storm. But you know what happens when you stand in the center of that storm? When you stand in the center of his presence, the storm rages around you, but it's peace right where you are. Maybe you can or need to. Step up and speak to the storm. But I can guarantee you this, if you haven't stopped to get Jesus' perspective and reminder of the authority that you have, of who you are and who's got you, you're not going to have the courage, let alone the right words or the, the sense of authority and moment to stand up to whatever's going on in your, in your life and speak to it and say no. You know, sometimes we've just got to declare over our circumstances, no, enough is enough. And God just says, right, now that you've got my perspective on your problem, speak to it. When we stop, we can hear his voice. When we stop, we get his perspective. Stop what you're doing. He says, give me a second. Give me a moment. Stop what you're doing. Say my name, Jesus. Jesus, love you, Jesus.
you, know, you might need more than just a moment. Stop what you're doing and worship me, Jesus says. Everything's going haywire. In that pause, in that moment of stopping, what is created is like a doorway. A doorway for Jesus to walk through into your circumstances. You know what happens when Jesus walks into your circumstances? Your circumstances are invaded by the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? That's what it is. It's the presence of God. He comes toward us when we stop. Many of us, even right now, are probably experiencing storms. Some of us are experiencing storms we can't actually get away from. It might be something that's happening to us, to our family, to the people whom we love. Maybe our kids, maybe our relatives, maybe, you know. And, and, and sometimes we're tempted to run away from storms. Some people are even tempted to take their own life to get away from the, what they're experiencing. But the problem is that doesn't actually solve any problems. It might resolve something it doesn't fix anything. The only one who fixes things is Jesus. So what we need to do is stop, get his perspective, let Dr. Jesus step in, the God of peace, the comfort of the Holy Spirit himself. We need to hear his voice. Everything's going to be okay. I want to encourage you this week. I want to encourage you right now just to stop whatever you're doing, whatever, in whatever circumstance you're in, no matter what's going on, no matter how big the bills are on the fridge, no matter what the storm is, whether it's a, a physical storm, an emotional storm, a, a mental storm, whether it's a spiritual storm that you're experiencing around you right now, I, I want to encourage you to stop. Put the red light on. Pause. Sit down if you need to. Lie on the floor if you need to. Get on your knees if you need to. Put some worship music on in the background if you need to. Get your focus off whatever's going on and get it onto Jesus. And say, okay, Lord, I need your peace. Give me your peace, please. You've promised it. The peace that passes all understanding Philippians 4, 7. Love that. And in the midst of, no matter what you're going through, peace will give you strength. Peace will give you hope. Peace will give you resilience to get through to the other side. If you need a breakthrough, let it start with peace. Yeah? Oh, I'm just, I can honestly say that if... If you don't have peace, you can be so overwhelmed that you just you run away. And the thing is, you keep running away from problems. You keep hiding. You keep burying yourself in the sand. You keep, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You'll never get through anything. So try something different. If you've never tried stepping into the place of peace, do that. Like, like Dr. Jesus coming and say, it's going to be all right. Peace be still. Amen? I want us to pray.
And I'm going to invite you to... Um, this, is, this is what I want to encourage you to do. Um, pause now, but let this pause be the start of a, a lifestyle of pausing if you haven't got that in place in your life right now. Maybe you have in the past. Maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe life has just got out of control. I want to encourage you, make pausing with the Lord, stopping with God and letting his peace invade be your portion. I want to encourage you to soak in the presence of God. I want to encourage you to do something. Maybe you've never done this before, but here's something that has really helped me. And I believe that this is quite possibly the most powerful thing that I've ever done in my relationship with the Lord, apart from giving my life to Christ in the first place. I've had seasons and the most powerful seasons of my life and ministry have been seasons where I've spent the most amount of time pausing with God and how I do it and this is just one way but I want to encourage you to consider this as an option is to find yourself carve out some time find some Christian inspired music that is not necessarily um, boisterous big but soft so it's gentle like a comforter's voice like waters it might not even have words. It might be just melodic music that can just be gentle to the soul and put it on in the background and find yourself a place where it's a chair, a carpet on the floor with a pillow, whatever it is. Don't worry if you fall asleep. In all honesty, God doesn't mind if you fall asleep in his presence because what happens is the music still reaches your subconscious while you're asleep. Maybe when you're going to bed at night, um, there's options, you know, different types of ways of doing it. If you've got internet at home and you can actually do it, have it softly. Just have worship music softly playing in the background. You'll notice that if you, if you just allow yourself, you don't even have to try and go to sleep because normally what happens is when you get into that place where you're just re so relaxed, you just fall asleep anyway. Let it waft through, fill. But allow yourself to just to soak in his presence. I would say that if you're waiting on God, maybe have, even in the middle of the night, you know, if you wake up and, uh, and you need to talk to the Lord, just have a Bible and a notebook and a pen handy, flashlight if you need it so you don't want to wake someone else up if you if, if you sleep with somebody you know i'm next to check i don't want to wake her up if she's got to get up and go to work and i might just get my flashlight and, or go and sit in the lounge room but what i'm finding is that if i can carve out even just an hour just to spend some time alone with god and just soak in his presence and let his presence just wash over me sometimes i'll just sit there with my hands open like this I find 10, 15, 20 minutes later, my whole body is just trembling in the presence of God. And the peace of God just saturates. And you know what happens to your soul? 
is that you start to rejuvenate. You get a different perspective. Maybe you want find some scriptures, find some encouraging scriptures that'll just and and just sit there and just read them aloud into the atmosphere around you. Just without trying too hard. Don't get all super weird about it. Just speak them out. Just read the scripture out aloud into your atmosphere, over your circumstances. You know? If you need a, a breakthrough, declare the, break, declare the thing that's in front of you. That's the problem. The mountain is that we're that you need to overcome, and then speak scripture over it. But just let, let the peace of God be a part of that process rather than, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this in front of God. You know, we don't need to get all, you know, stressed out when, even when we're praying. Let's just be in the place of peace with God and let him do what he needs to do. Does that... I don't know whether that resonates with your heart, but I, I wanted to say that tonight because I really felt like some of us here have been doing the same thing over and over again and not getting anywhere. We end up in the same dead ends. Uh, try something different. If you haven't gone down that pathway of just pressing in for the peace of God, do that. Watch it change. You know, We don't need to walk around with this heaviness on us all the time. Yeah? All right. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to release us all to go and have some food. Um, if people would like to um, receive some prayer, specific, along the lines that we've talked about tonight, maybe it's something else. Maybe you need some physical healing or anything like that. Then once I've finished and people are released, then you can come out. Maybe sit in the front row here. I'll come sit next to you and pray with you. Shake us here and... Although we've got some food, so some of the folk might head out and start preparing that. But, uh, yeah. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your peace. I thank you that you are a comforter, that you send your comforter, Holy Spirit, to rest in and around us. In the midst of every storm, Lord, we can find you. We can know you. We can press in and, and have this assurance that it's all going to be okay. Lord, teach us to know how to, at times when we need to, step up and rebuke the storm, make declarations, speak your word over our circumstances. And at other times, Lord, help us to know how to just lean back into your peace so that just like Jesus, when the storm hits, we're able to rest and know your peace. So, Father, I bless every person in this place right now. And I ask, Lord God, that you'll help us to be men and women of peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.